Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Psalm chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Verse 3. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Come on. Can anybody say amen after that right there? That's so good we could close our Bibles, sing Cornerstone one more time, and go eat some croquetas. I mean, that, that will fill your soul right there. I'm going to ask uh, if you could stay with me on the keys. And I told him, not last week, the week before, he was playing in Wynwood, And him and his entire family, they're just an incredible blessing. You have a gift in your hands. You have a gift in your fingers. And when you play, I just want to weep and cry and sing Marcos Week like when I was little. So can you, can you stay with me the whole time? Is that fine? I'm going to be short. It's going to be like an hour, really quick, short. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you're here, that you're with us, that you love us. We thank you, God, that you've been faithful, that you remain good despite of the circumstances, God, that you are able to still do so much through our lives. We love you, God. Have your way this morning, God, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I love Psalm chapter 13. This is David being real. This is David being authentic. David is tired of waiting on God. Does anybody here hate waiting? Oh, come on. I need you to be real. Anybody hate waiting? hate waiting. I, I hate waiting. I, I, I grow impatient when waiting. And uh, I think all of our patience has been tested this past week, <laughs> waiting for FPL power to come back on. I, I, I said, God, we really have first world problems in Miami, right? Like people are starving and we're complaining that our light still isn't on. Don't get me wrong. It's uncomfortable. It, it's not right. But some people live like that forever, right? Right? And, and, and we hate waiting, right? Some of us had to wait three days, four days. The church didn't get power until Thursday, almost midnight. Our house didn't get power until Thursday morning, right? So the whole week we're just waiting, waiting, waiting. Some of us are still waiting for power to come back on. And we, my goodness, I can imagine the phone calls at FPL. <laughs> I, I, I could imagine they are, going, they are losing their minds, right, with so many people calling. And uh, you just log into Instagram or Facebook for a second, and it's everybody, like, saying everything they can about FPL, right? Like, everybody's upset because it, it's waiting, and nobody likes to wait, right? Like, I walked around my house, I think it was uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, turning all the lights. Like, what, what's going on, right? Like, I'm turning them on. Like, when is it going to come back on? Like, it, like, if I just touch it, it's supposed to come back on, right? But we hate waiting. Have you ever sent a text message to somebody, and you need a response as soon as possible, and all you get are the bubbles on the iPhone, Right? And then the bubbles disappear. <laughs> and an hour goes by, and it's like, I know you read it because I saw the bubbles, meaning you were about to respond, and you deleted it and decided not. Anybody hate waiting? <laughs> waiting is the worst thing. You, you know what I think? One of the worst things that, that sometimes we feel is that we have to wait on God, and God has forgotten about us. 
right? We, when we feel like we're waiting on God and we're like, God, I don't understand where you are. God, I don't see where you are. God, you forgot. I feel like this morning some people feel like God has forgotten about them. God, you, you've responded to everybody else except me. God, you sent help to everybody else except me. God, God, I don't understand. God, where are you? I've been, I've been waiting. Has anybody ever felt like God has forgotten about them? I don't know about you, but, but me personally, I, I felt that way at times. Personally, I can say sometimes me and God have had some serious conversations, right? Like, like, like we are the boss of God, right? Like, I'm like God, we need, we need to talk. God, listen, listen, listen. No, 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 you listen, right? Like, this is taking too long, right? God, 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 nope, nope. I don't care if your plan is perfect. Listen, I had a plan in place, and my plan was pretty good, right? And, and we get upset with God. And then all of a sudden it gets into like an emotional roller coaster. We're like, God, where are you? God, God has forgot about me. God is hiding from me. God has decided to skip me. God is not responding to my circumstance, to my situation, to my family life, to my financial crisis, to, to what I'm waiting for, maybe a healing, maybe what, what God, God, you've just forgotten about me. And so what it brings is some doubt into our life. And we say, wait a minute, maybe it's not God, maybe it's me. That's why so many believers walk around with condemnation over their life. They're like, well, wait a minute. The reason God hasn't answered me is because I've done something wrong. I must have. That's what, that's what they taught us in church growing up, right? It's like, God, if, if you haven't responded, it's because it's, it's me. I, I did something wrong. And ultimately that leads to feeling down, discouraged. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with God. I'm, I'm, I'm no good for God. And obviously because I'm no good, God has decided to forget me. And so we let emotions rule us, and we let feelings rule us. I said this a couple weeks ago, but I think it's very true today, and I want you to write this down. Emotions are great passengers, but not great directors. Emotions are great passengers, but they're not great directors. Are we letting our feelings and our emotions rule us and guide us and lead us? This morning, are you responding out of emotions, or are you responding out of faith? Right? Sometimes we only worship when our feelings are right. My power ain't back. I haven't been able to eat, you know, arroz con frijoles in a week. I'm, 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 I don't feel like worshiping. Wait, wait. I thought we worship because God is good in spite of what I'm going through. We don't worship based out of emotions. We worship out of faith. Can I get an amen? Right, so we live our lives out of emotions so many times. Like, if my emotions are down, uh, it's going to dictate how I respond. How are we responding this morning? How are we responding to the crisis at hand? How, how are we responding in the middle of it? Last week, I had to check myself. I was getting upset and discouraged, and, and I was just like, ah, what's going on? My emotions were trying to get the best of me. You just had to put yourself in check and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. But my emotions don't lead me. I actually speak to my emotions. I say, wait a minute. My God is good. My God is able. He will make a way. I can wait one more day. I can wait one more week. What's wrong with me? Oh, my soul. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? We're just so emotional beings. And so enter in the most emotional writer of all time, David. <laughs> right? Because David is the most emotional author of all time. David, you read through the book of Psalms, and David is up and down the entire time. David is dramatic. <laughs> In fact, this is why a lot of us relate to David. The book of Psalms is really just a Hebrew word for praises or songs of praise. And there's 150 of them, and out of 150, David wrote 73 of them. And out of 73 Psalms, most of them are full of emotion and passion and, 
and David just being real and authentic with God. And in chapter 13 is, is where he gets extremely personal. It's where we see David and God have like this back and forth conversation. In, in chapter 13 is where he, he really gets real with God. And he's like, God, where are you? Right? Six short verses, but the first two, he, he's, he's, he's fed up. He, he's upset. Like, he's extra dramatic. Look, look at the first two verses. It, this is it. How long, Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph? In the first two verses, he says how long four times. Right? Like, David is drama central. Right? Like, and they, we're re I'm reading this. I'm just like, David, get a hold of yourself. Like, what, what is wrong with you, right? Like, it's just over and over complaining to God. How long? How long, God? God, oh, I'm just, he goes on to another verse. I'm just going to sleep. I'm just going to sleep in death. I'm just going to die. God, how long? God, where are you? And as I'm reading this, I said, that's, that's me. And honestly, if we could all be real today, that's all of us. Right? We, we're just, how long? How long, God? How long? How long is my marriage going to be in this mess? How long am I going to have to deal with this sickness? How long am I going to be in a financial crisis? How long do I have to wait for FPL to come through? How long do I have to wait, right? How long? And this is us. We're, we're like, how long, God? Maybe you're here this morning, and this is how you feel with God. Like, God, where are you? I don't see you. I don't see your hand. I don't see your face. I, I don't know where you are. I, I, God, I'm, I'm done. This is, some of you came in here, maybe checking it out like it's the last Sunday you want to come to church. Like, God, I'm going to give you one more try. God, I'm going to give you one more try. I'm going to go to church. And by the time I get home, if my power is not on, you're not real. <laughs> right? And we try, God. The thing is, we don't we, you can't try God. You have to believe God. And you have to have faith and know that he's real, regardless of our own personal tests that we want to do with God. This morning, if you feel like that's you, i got three quick things that I think can help us all. And I want you to write this down. The first thing I want you to write down is that the presence of trouble does not mean there's an absence of God. God is with you. The presence of trouble does not mean there's an absence of God. Right? Just because there's trouble all around you does not mean that God has left you. Does not mean that God has abandoned you. Does not mean that God has forsaken you. Does not mean that God has skipped over you. Maybe you're looking all around you and you say, man, all I see is trouble. I look in front of me and I'm in trouble. I look next to me and I'm in trouble. Don't look to your wife or to your husband right now. But I'm just saying, you look next to you and trouble is all around. You look behind you and you're in trouble. I, I, may, I may lose my job. I may not have a job because of this storm. I, I may lose my house. I, I, I'm in trouble. Just because you're in trouble doesn't mean God is not in the picture. Since when is trouble greater than our God? Just because trouble's present does not mean God has to step out. What we have to realize is that in the midst of trouble, we have a God that is still greater, that is still more powerful, that is still ever-present, that is greater than any storm that could ever come against us. Come on, does anybody know that God is able, that God is stronger, that God can do it? And so, although his voice may be silent, his hand is always moving. Some of us feel like sometimes his voice is silent. God's not speaking. God's not talking to me. God, God hasn't said nothing to me in a while. God, God, I don't see a response to what I'm facing. God, I don't find an answer to what I'm going through. Sometimes we may not get an answer. Does not mean he's not moving in our life. 
God is always on the move. He's, he's, he's always moving in your life. We may not see it. We may not understand. He's always moving. We have to realize that he is with us every single step of the way. Look at the, look at the words in Isaiah. We could put up the, the verse of Isaiah chapter 49. It says, but Zion, or the people of God, has said, well, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And God responds and says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast? And have no compassion on the child she has born. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Somebody needs to know that this morning. God will not forget you. Somebody walked in this morning about to check themselves out of life, about to check themselves out of marriage, about to check themselves out of their children's life. I'm here to tell you, don't check out. Don't check out. It is not the end. Listen, God has not forgotten about you. God is not overlooking you. God has not skipped over you. God has his eye on you. God says, I will not forget you. Though your mother may forget you, though your father may forget you, though FPL may forget about you, God has not forgotten about you. Can I get an amen this morning? Come on, God has not forgotten about us. God is with us every step of the way. When we forget him, he doesn't forget us. This is the God that we have. This is why he told in the book of Joshua. He, this is why I love what he tells Joshua in Joshua chapter, we put Joshua, Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and be courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He promised to be with us. He promised to always stand by our side. I don't know what you're in the middle of. I want to tell you he's with you. If you think that you're in despair, if you think that you're, you're getting desperate, that God is with he's with you wherever you go. Second thing I want you to write down is not what you go through, but it's how you come out of it. God is working. It's not what you go through, but it's how you come out of it. I don't know what you're in the middle of right now, but there's two things that we can do. Number one, you can have perseverance. And number two, you can throw in the towel. You can quit. Two responses that we can have. We, we can either persevere or we can keep going. I mean, or we can throw in the towel. This morning, what is our response going to be when you're in the middle of it? It's not what you go through. Maybe what you're going through is it's nothing big. You're like, I'm, Alex, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going through any difficult. Really, this past week, nothing major happened to me. Or you may be going through some major crisis in your life. Despite of what you go through, it's not what you go through. It's how you come out of it. How are you going to come out of the storm on the other side? How are you going to come out of the crisis on the other side? It's not what you go through. The problem is none, none of us want to hear the word persistent because we live in a generation that loves instant. Right? We, we love instant. We want everything fast. Right? We get upset at the microwave when it takes too long. And it says it takes two minutes for popcorn to fully do it. And at one minute and a half for it's opening the bag. Like, why is there still some seeds that haven't popped? We want it instant. Right? If our Wi-Fi is slow. Anybody here got upset at their Wi-Fi this past week? Right? Right, right. the internet ain't working as fast as it used to, or, or we get upset, right, because we want everything fast. So when we're going through a storm, when we're going through a crisis, we want to be done right now. God, God, I, I'm glad you allow me to go through this, but let it be done by tonight. Right, like I learned my lesson, God, I wrote a couple things down in my journal. Cool, amen, by tonight I want it to be done, solved. Right, but, but perseverance does so much in our life. I love what James says, look at James chapter 1. This is what the book of James says. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith 
produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Don't, don't stop in the middle. Let perseverance finish its work. Don't, don't throw in the towel. Let perseverance finish its work. Don't, don't quit in the middle. Let perseverance finish its work. Let perseverance finish its work. God is working in the middle of a storm. God is working in the middle of what you're facing. God is working in the middle of a marriage problem. God is working in the middle of a job loss. God is working in the middle of something that got lost out of your life. God is working. And it says, let it finish because it, so that it may mature and complete you, not lacking anything. I don't know about you, but when I come out on the other side, I want to be complete. I don't want to quit on God and come out on the other side half done. God, whatever you got to do in me through this process, whatever you got to do in me through this moment that I'm going through, God, finish it in me so that I may come out complete because it's not what I go through, it's how I come out on the other side. How are we going to come out on the other side? Are we going to come out better or are we going to come out bitter? Right? So how's our response going to be? Are we going to have patience and perseverance or are we going to throw in the towel? This morning... I don't know about you, but I, I want to get better in life. I want to get better as a husband. I want to get better as a son. I want to get better as a pastor. I want to get better as a leader. I want to get better as a human being. And I have to let whatever I'm going through do its full work in me. In the middle of my frustrations, in the middle of my trouble, God, complete your work in me. Last but not least, number three, our circumstance can change, but our Savior always remains the same. Our circumstances can change, but the Savior always remains the same. God is on your side. So many circumstances change for so many people across the Caribbean and South Florida through the past week and a half. Isn't it crazy how fast life can change in a matter of a week, life can change. In a matter of a week, you may be in one place one week, and you have no idea where you'll be the next week. Because man makes his plans, but God ultimately is in control. But your circumstances can change, but I know one that remains the same. He's the God that was, he's the God that is, and he's the God that will always be. He's faithful, and he's on our side. Come on, is anybody glad that God is on our side? I'm going to ask Nate and the band to come back up, and we're going to start going back into Cornerstone. But today, I, I don't know what you're in the middle of. Today, I don't know what you're facing. And maybe you're like, Alex, my circumstances have changed. Alex, I, I, I don't know what I'm going. Can I tell you something? And I want you to write this down. The storm can stop your plans, but it can't stop your praise. I don't know what crisis you're in the middle of that wants to stop whatever plans you have. Right? A divorce can completely change your plans. Right? Losing a child can completely change your plans. Losing a job can completely change your plan. I know people that had their whole schedule set out, and all of a sudden they get fired from one week to the next, and everything that they had written down got completely changed. Maybe you've been there. I know friends that had a whole life thing, a whole life journal written out on, this is what I'm going to do for the next six months, and all of a sudden a crisis will hit their life, and all those plans are, are impossible right now. But one remains the same. And that's God, that he's on our side, that he's with us, that he will never, ever change. That he's strong, that he's all-powerful, and that he's with us on our side.
What's our response going to be? The crisis can stop the plans, but it should not stop our praise. Because even in the middle of it, I'm going to continue to choose to praise my God. I'm going to continue to choose to believe that God is on my side, that God is working, and that God is with me. So my plans may be out the window, but I know that his plans ultimately will prevail because he's God, he's sovereign, he's in control. And I know that no matter what I face, my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. My God is strong. My God is able. My God is for me. My God, he's on my side. Come on. Some of us, we got to preach to ourselves this morning and say, wait a minute. I'm not going to let my feelings dictate my praise. I'm not going to let my feelings dictate my my response. I'm not going to let the way that my circumstances are looking dictate how I live my life. My God, he's with me. My God is on my side. My God is for me. In him, I'm more than a conqueror. In him, I can do the impossible. In him, I'm more than an overcomer. Come on. God is on our side. Two things you can do, but you can't do both together. We can either worry or we can worship. But it's impossible to worship and worry at the same time. Try it if you want. You're going to drive yourself crazy. Right? Like we can sing corners of Christ. Oh, my God, I'm losing my job. God, God, I'm going Oh, my God, God, okay. You got to choose one. I, I can't do both. I, I can't worry and worship at the same time. And I've decided in my own life that I'm not going to sit back and worry. I've decided not to sit in worry longer than I should. Doubt may come, fear may come, but I, I'm, I'm not going to let it linger more than it should. I've decided to say, you know what, even when worry comes to my mind, and even when doubt and fear comes to my mind, all of a sudden I'm going to choose to praise. Because praise is a decision. Praise is not when you come out of the storm. Praise is not when you come out of the crisis. Praise is when you decide to praise in the middle of it. In the middle of a crisis, I choose to praise. In the middle of doubt, I choose to praise. In the middle of a job loss, I choose to praise. In the middle of uncertainty, I choose to praise. The only one that remains the same. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's lift up our hands. Let's give God the praise. He's able. He's with us. He's working and he's on our side. Come on, cornerstone. Christ alone. Let's sing it out. Come on. He is Lord. He is Lord of all. Oh, come on, church. Lift up your hands. Let's sing it out with all we got. Christ alone. Cornerstone. We make strong in the Savior's Let this always be our response. Today, I don't know what you're in the middle of. Today, I don't know what your uncertainty or what your doubt is or what your fear is. Maybe right now it is a divorce. Maybe right now it's a broken marriage. Maybe right now it's a separation. Maybe right now it's a job loss. Maybe right now it's only one income coming into the house. Maybe right now there's a lot of uncertainty. But let's choose to praise in the middle of it.
your worship be louder than your worry. I want us to sing this out. Now, I, I want you to forget about who's to your right, who's to your left. Come on, let's raise the roof off this place. Come on, let's focus on our God. Let's know that he's with us. Let's know that he's working and that he's on our side. Come on, let's sing it out one more time. a complete God and I love that the word that he gave us the Bible that we have in our hands it is complete from start to finish you want to know how it ends you got to go all the way to the end of the book and it says it right there the enemy's defeated and God reigns supreme forever and ever and ever and his people have victory so our ending is always in victory and maybe today you're like Alex but it's not okay in my life right now if it's not okay then it's not the end because in the end we always win with Jesus come on with every eye closed and every head bowed all across this place maybe you're in here today for the first time second time or maybe you've been coming for a while and you say Alex I don't have a relationship with God Alex I'm far from God I'm distant from God I feel like I'm alone I feel like I've I've offended God. I feel like he must be upset at me or mad at me. I want to tell you he's in love with you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. The Bible says that God can't be with sin. And the truth is that all of us are sinners. You've sinned. I've sinned. We failed God. We've offended God. All of us have done it. Nobody's perfect in this place. And because sin separates us from God, God made a decision to send his son Jesus to come die for you and for me. The Bible says that Jesus came down and he took human form and he grabbed all of your sin, my sin, all of our flaws, all of our failures, all of our mistakes, our guilt, our shame. Jesus carried it on his shoulders. He went up to a cross and the Bible says that Jesus died for our sins. He went down into a grave for three days, paying the penalty of man's sins. And after three days, sin could not hold him down and neither could death. Jesus resurrected and he's alive he's the hope that we've been looking for he's the peace you've been searching for he's the answer you're desperately in need of this morning as the church is praying every single eye closed every head bowed for privacy and concentration I'm gonna count to three and I believe some hands are gonna go up across this auditorium just people making a decision to come into a relationship with God Jesus is the only way he's the hope he's the answer he wants to bring forgiveness healing hope peace you need Jesus in your life he's the one you've been looking for he's the only one that can give us peace in the middle of the crisis today if you say Alex I need a relationship with God I need a brand new start I need forgiveness of my sins I want a relationship with this God at the count of three I want you to raise your hand I'm not gonna 
point you out. I'm not going to single you out. I just want to see you where you're at. Raise it up for just a couple of seconds, and then you can put it right back down. Hands already going up. One, two, three. Raise it up as high as you can, as high as you can for a few seconds. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Anybody else? You raise your hand. Awesome. God, we thank you for these hands that have been raised. God, we thank you for this decision that they're making to follow you. All of you who raise your hand, who are making this decision, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat it out loud. I want us to repeat it strong. I believe that God is here. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. And I believe he's about to give you a brand new start, a brand new beginning. Forgive you of your sins. And give you a relationship with the God who created you. Repeat after me with all you got. Say, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you Jesus come on Jesus come into my life be my Lord and be my Savior from today on I'm forgiven I am saved and I'm healed in Jesus name amen and amen come on Calvary come on can we put our hands together we hope today's message has encouraged you don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.